What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 85, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Exodus, season four finale. And this is an independent podcast. You can help keep the thing independent if you wish. We have a little Patreon thingy over there. I'm pointing. I'm pointing right at it. You can't see it, but it's right over there. Patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate, spelt as it should be. And uh, Zach will probably tell us a little bit more about that. But in there, you're going to be finding uh, some some needle ways to participate with the shoe. And every dollar that we get is offsetting Zach's computing device. He had to purchase it a little bit ago because his computer was like, I love you, Zach, but it's been a long time and I can no longer do podcasts anymore. So he's like... That's that's very kind of you. I didn't know you could talk like that. And but then but then unfortunately it it, it went on its way. You know mm. that's remarkably exactly how it happened. Oh, di- really? I, I was stunned when my computer began talking to me, and I'm like, <laughs> if you began talking to me like when I got you a number of years ago, and it's yeah, but I wasn't self aware then, and now I am. <laughs> but I'm old and I need to die now. And hey. so I'm like. Okay, well, we'll have a funeral for you. Thank you. And that was and very nice. Yes. So we we did. Yep. Uh, but beautiful. I have a new computing device, and it's yes. working well. And so far, yes. it is not self-aware, so far as I can tell. Um, it hasn't let us know yet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, it it could be. It's probably connected to Skynet. So. Uh, oh gosh! I'm to, yeah. Kind of oh, thing. there's a thing. I so you know, I, you say Skynet, and I'm not prepared to launch into it. But there is, there is a very, there is a real company. They're not trying to make. Well, I don't know. They say they're not trying to make Terminators, but whatever. Anyway. Hey, guess what? We're doing a podcast, and friends, you can find our podcast anywhere where you can find a podcast. It's going to be on Apple Podcasts and the new Google Podcast thing, which I don't know. They're doing something, whatever, and Spotify Podcast. Oh, Zach, we didn't talk about this. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. I am such a jerk. Well, okay. okay. All right. So friends, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify Podcasts, and anywhere where you can find podcasts with any aggregator. That is true. A little while ago, Zach, we got an email from Amazon that was saying, hey, you're a podcast creator and we're creating a new podcast service. Do you want to put your feed on our thing? And I'm like, okay, let's take a look. And we get to the thing and I then you get to the terms of service. Mm-hmm. I... I'm a person that usually reads the terms of service as in I'm saying that sheepishly because everybody just goes, yeah, 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 whatever, except bang. And I was reading through it and they're all like, yeah, you're totally going to let us use it for whatever. And we're going to totally put ads in wherever we want and you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. Now, I mean, Spotify very well may be doing the exact same thing to us right now. I'm just not aware of it. Um, you know, Apple podcasts, I know they're not throwing ads in the middle of it. I don't think Google is either. And we sure aren't. Um, no but, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the worst Zach because I read the thing and then I got on my high horse <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, so, so friends, we actually kind of need you to, 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 to be a bit more aggressive <laughs> with letting other people know because I had a bad day. <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, forget you, Amazon. We don't need you. But um, but hey, you can find us there. And don't forget, if you put a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll make a dramatic recreation. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Zach. Um, hey, I so I, I totally just uh, 
bailed on Amazon. And if somebody wants to let me know that I didn't read the uh, terms of service carefully enough and that actually my fears are unfounded, how might they how might they get a hold of us and let me know that? Well, you know, if you need to get a hold of Brent and let him know that uh, all of this is happening and, and, and what his concerns are aren't near as bad as what they really are, um, <laughs> that was grammatically unclear, and I'm going to yeah, leave it yeah, that way. Yeah, but, you know, the, the uh, gist was there. Uh, but anyway, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, when you do that, put in like big bold in in the subject line. I'm talking to Brent because whatever. Because um, he's because, wrong. It's fine. Well, I can you take know, it. Sure, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, or you say Brent is a jerk. You know, you can put. Yeah, that in you there. could say that. You could. You could say uh, that because you know. Generally, I look at the emails first, and if something comes up that Brent needs to know about, I make sure to let Brent know. Yes. Uh, that way, Brent. Uh, does a better job of staying spoiler-free. Yes. Uh, however, there is that extra layer of um, administration. We'll call it administration. Yes, you do uh, have that, that, that extra. That we mm-hmm. have. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you let me know via something in there that this is something that Brent needs to go, and then I'll say, hey, Brent, Brent, you got to read this. Hey, Brent, um, you're being called out over here. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you could also uh, do that on Facebook uh, yeah. and are walking through the Stargate Facebook page or group or uh, on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those are viable options. Um, so those are your ch- choices there. Also, of course, on Patreon, you can join us on Patreon. Uh, we have several different uh, levels that you can join us on. Each of them give you a certain number of votes that you can vote for a rewatch. Uh, for it, and as soon as any of these episodes gets total of twenty votes, uh, then uh, we will rewatch the episode and re-review it and yep. uh, expose, you know, just talk about different things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's our tally so far. Yeah, we have emancipation with one vote. <laughs> Thank uh, God. Chariot <laughs> with five votes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Touchstone with two. A matter yeah. of time with six. Forever in a day Ooh. with two. Uh-huh. Uh hundred days with two and uh-huh. tangent with three. Yeah. Uh, so okay. all of those are great episodes. Uh and you can make a difference in selecting those. Patreon uh supporters will get those episodes first and foremost as soon as we produce them. And was, at some point in a- time in the future, uh we'll eventually get those out to the general listenership. But those come first and foremost to the Patreons. Yes. So if that's something that is interest of you, uh go to patreon.com slash walking through the stargate and uh do that. Do that. Um yeah. Do it. Is a matter of time was that the one with the with time dilation? Uh a matter of time is, I believe, the one when they uh connect to the the, the black uh, hole planet. The the black hole planet. Which yep. is mentioned and yep. talked about in this coming yep. episode. Just so just saying. Uh there is a just callback it together. to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Um so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's an option. Also, just to know that uh as soon as we hit seventy five dollars a month, um on our Patreon, uh, we will start producing episodes on Stargate Infinity, which is the cartoon that came out. Again, those episodes will go first and foremost to the Patreon yep. listeners, yep. and later on, it'll get out to everyone else. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, if that's something that is of interest to you, go ahead and jump onto that Patreon and uh, give us your ca- cold, hard-earned dollars, even in the midst of this pandemic, because we want your money. No, I'm just kidding. That- I mean, <laughs> join us, because this is a fun project, and you can participate in it and the shaping of it. That's what it, this is yes. about. 
Yes. Um, so uh, there you have it. Uh, so Brent, yes. Uh, last week we took a week off. Yep. Uh, and that's because I was literally without power. Yeah. Uh, two Mondays ago, a huge storm swept through Iowa, which mm-hmm. uh, knocked out power for two hundred fifty thousand customers. Yep. Yep. That's a lot. That's of people. not two hundred fifty thousand people. That's two hundred fifty. No. Oh, 000, I see what you're saying. Uh, you Households know, or whatever, households. businesses, and yeah. uh, it took nine days for them uh, for Alliant, which is our uh, uh, electricity uh, utility, to yeah. get uh, get electricity back in our household. Wow! Um, they had um, they had uh, crews from across the entire country and Canada swarming. Mm. Iowa to get mm-hmm. this done. Uh, they said normally the amount of damage to the poles, just 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 the the power line poles. Normally they replace those in the matter of ten months, mm-hmm. and they did it in a week. Oh wow! Uh, Jeez Louise! You know, so uh, it was uh, in the highway that I take to get to uh, my my work mm-hmm. uh, every day. Um, there was a power line pole that looked like it got torn off out of the ground uh well actually snapped off in the middle and then speared javelin speared upside down into the ground like a hundred wow. feet away wow uh i don't know Jeez exactly Louise. where it began but it was like just torn off and just zing into the ground like a javelin it was it's like when i saw that afterwards i'm like ah. Holy smokes! Yeah, no, that was a pretty that was a pretty scary that was a pretty scary. Now I am now thinking to myself though, um, I haven't seen any news to this effect, and I I imagine you would if it had happened. Um, there are a bunch of wind farms out by you. Like, how did those windmills fare? Uh, actually, I haven't heard specifically about the windmills and how they fare. I imagine uh, they got hit to some degree, and I'm certain some of them were damaged. Uh, most of what people are talking about here are the facts that, uh, uh, you know, swaths of corn. Uh, Iowa yeah. produces corn for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and just an ungodly amount of corn was just blown straight over. There are satellite pictures that you can actually wow. see the devastation of the corn, mm-hmm. uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, that is going to play a role uh, in our corn prices moving forward. What yeah, that is, I, mean, I don't know, like, but it's, it's so. It's yeah, a big I mean, deal. I grew up. I grew up in agriculture, and so like the impact of having just millions of bushels of corn um, that was planned to be available, not available anymore. Like you know, like I'm yeah. not going to say like it's going to be like the the worst thing ever. Um, but in our uh, but but in our 2020 bingo. Uh, having the price of food go up because corn syrup and starch, et cetera, uh, is suddenly more expensive. Um, add that. Check that one off. Yeah. Go ahead and cross that piece off the bingo list there. Yep. You got that yeah. one marked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and and unfortunately for a lot of these farmers in Iowa, um, the corn was destroyed at a point where it's uh, not, it's neither good for uh, food production nor is it at a point where they could use it for feed and such. For silage and such, yeah. Yeah. So the it's too young and uh yeah. 
the, yeah, the not, best not old that a lot of farmers can use, do is just bang. go in there and mulch it and till it into the ground and use it as fertilizer. Nutrients for fertilizer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right. Which I mean, is, and again, is, you know, like we've got, we've got food stores and blah, blah, blah. And many farmers take advantage of, um, basically you bank, uh, you know, you, you, you bank your, uh, excess, uh, produce from the year before, you know I mean? Like, it's not like going to be the right it, but, it's not going to be like silos a thing and storage there. grain bins were were hammered as well um, i mean i'm talking outside i'm talking our food production nationally like sure. yeah the localized aspect of it is completely hammered iowa farmers are in trouble no question um but your price of bread is not going to go up three times in you know the next few months but it will go up a bit yeah, yeah, it will be noticeable <sighs> um, to some degree. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately, we got power back on Tuesday of last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, late in the evening, we were at a friend's house uh, playing some games and just chilling out because we didn't have power at home, and they did at that point in time. And mm-hmm. uh, we got to do laundry, which was, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing nice. like a clean shirt when you've not had a clean shirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, so this was, and then uh, we got the notification that our power was back on and we got all excited and, you know, uh, went home and sure enough, the lights were on and all oh, that moment was just a, ah, yep. wonderful moment. Yep. So, <sighs> yeah. ah. So that's that's what happened last week, and that just really threw a wrench into all sorts of plans. But we are back this week, Yep. Um, and this is the season finale for season four. And yep. as we mentioned last time on the podcast, we are going to take a break um, because this is not only... You know, I still need some time to recover, and Brent needs some time to recover. Oh, boy. Uh, Brent is an administrator... Uh, at a school uh-huh. and in this world of COVID, <laughs> he's uh, been pulling his hair out. I think he has less hair now than he does just, just a week ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, that's probably true. Um, so here is our plan moving forward. Uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to start back up with season five in the beginning of October. So mm-hmm. you can look for the next episode of Reviews in October. However, sometime in September, middle of September is where we're aiming at. We yep. are looking at having our season four recap. So yep. in, in two, three weeks or so, uh, I think, uh, well, I don't know, in, in a couple of weeks at least, we'll, we'll, we'll get that uh, out to you, a, a recap. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have some special guests uh, join us yeah. for that. And uh, that'll be a fun, uh, fun time for us. Uh, to kind of recap, and we look yeah. back at season four. It's been going um, great. And then at the beginning of October, we will jump back up uh, and figure out the end of, you know, figure out how this cliffhanger ends. I know. Uh, this is this is one of the first cliffhangers that you've had to, like, live with now, Brad. I do it? have to live with this one. You're right. And I'm going to have to live with it for almost a, wait, yeah, a month and a, it's gonna yeah, be, a month. It's going to be about a Just month. Just a little over a month. So, a little yeah. over a month. So uh, oh uh, Brent will get a taste of what uh, those of us who watched this in real time had to deal with, mm. uh, whether it was this episode or some of the future episodes or whatnot. So, and you know uh, me, I will not cheat. I will watch the episode shortly before we record in October. Indeed. Indeed. So mm-hmm. um, Brent, the next bullet point, are we talking about that? Oh, the listener idea. Yeah, you know, we'll just float it out there. So um, we're on episode 85 right now, friends. And for those of you uh, keeping score at home, 85 is kind of close to uh, 100. 
episode 100 coming up so we are um zach and i are kind of kicking around some ideas of some fun things to do for that episode because come on and i know that i don't know exactly what stargate episode 100 did i do know vaguely that there's a bit there's something fun that kind of they did on the 100th episode and i think the sec the 200th episode too if i recall from other conversations but the point is um, we also kind of want to do something fun. So we haven't really nailed down all of the ideas just yet. We just started talking about it. But the, the but the notion is that, um, you know, go ahead and allow your creative juices to start flowing. Let's just say that. Like, uh, we kind of think that we want to have uh, a lot of um, input, shall we say. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that, is that a decent yeah. way to say it? Yep, okay. yep, yep. So... Uh, get your thinking caps on and yeah. think about how you can um, uh, participate in that hundredth episode for us. And just saying, we'll have more information about what we're thinking later on. Yeah, when we figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, 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 we're, we're 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 teasing it up like uh, yeah, we got this whole thing figured out, and we're just gonna let you know. When the reality is, is like we we just started talking about. It, we're like, hey, it sounds like an okay idea, and we're like. Yeah, we'll figure out the details later. <laughs> we're we're sort of a fly by the seat of our pants podcast, aren't we? In case you didn't notice, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Brent, yeah. uh, with all of that, shall we dig into some of the background of this season finale season episode? Season four finale! Yes, let's do all it. All right, here we go. So, the background, the director for this episode is David Worry Smith. Mm-hmm. We've heard that name before, but this is the first time we've heard him this season. This is... Oh. Uh, uh, but he's directed a lot. Last yeah. season, it was uh, Pretense at 100 Days. In mm-hmm. season three, it was Prisoners Need Message in a Bottle, Bane, The Fifth Race, Holiday. Uh, Bane. Bane. Uh, in the first season, he did <laughs> There But for the Grace of God and Within the Serpent's Grasp. Oh, so yeah. He yeah. has directed quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, this is his last episode with us. <gasps> really? Yeah. So, uh, oh uh, man, David Worry Smith, oh, we say thank, right. thank well, you very yeah, much thank for you. your service and all that you did for the Stargate franchise. Yeah, and um, it's good stuff. Yeah, ended strong too. Yeah, yeah. So you know that's actually quite a lot list of pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. There. I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, now Bane's a little bit less lower on that list, but uh, you know you can't hit Says the park. You. Out, hit the ball out of the park every time. No, but you can hit it a few times, and Bane is one of them. Sure. The teleplay. There it goes. Woo. The yeah, teleplay, the teleplay for this episode is by Joe Malozzi and mm-hmm. Paul Mully. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is their seventh episode this season. It's, of course, their last episode this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> by definition, yes. Duh. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, but they'll be back for many, many episodes throughout the entire run of all of Stargate uh, and the entire franchise. So mm-hmm. there you go. And so we say, uh, and this is, of course, Joseph and Paul's uh, first season with Stargate. Um, and uh, ah, in the commentary, Joseph was talking that, about, yeah. and I'm like, gosh, you know, to be the newcomers in the writing room and then be given the season finale and says, okay, now go. And they're like, oh, boy. Yeah. Well, they did a good job, but uh, I'm tipping they, my hand a little bit here. Yeah. But, you know. Okay, so we do have uh, several guest actors that uh, mm-hmm. we have Carmen Argenziano back as Jacob Carter and Selmac. 
We've got Peter Wingfield returning as Tanith. Mm-hmm. We, of course, have Peter Williams returning yeah. as Apophis. Yep. Um, and several other folks that have one or two lines throughout the day. Uh, I do want to <laughs> highlight one of the Tokra number two. She's listed as Tokra number two, Anastasia Bandy. <laughs> um, Tokra number two. <laughs> uh, so she was originally just an extra. She was just going to be there on set behind, you know, in the background, not a talking role. Uh, and then, however, so this is this is the woman who played the Tokra female uh, at the the uh, uh, um, the prison cell, right? A- after Tanith was was uh, going into that shock to kill himself, ostensibly. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yes. So originally, as I understand it, uh, the other uh, character that they had before was going to be the one to come in and say these words. But there was something in the continuity that that prevented that character from being there in this moment, for whatever reason. Gotcha. Uh, And so in the moment, they had to come up with somebody else to say that. And they pulled her, and she was changed into this, and she got that line. um, And there you go. So that's her story for this episode. We cannot Um, allow them him to kill the host. Get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, at which point, uh, I just, not the actor. She did wonderful. But the character, I'm like, Oh, can we can we figure out not, a better way of dealing with this? Because, that was not the strongest point. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um. So, the original air date for this was February twenty third, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one in the charts was "Stutter" by Joe, featuring Mystical. I don't know that song. I don't know that. You know, there was a moment this morning where I like, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to YouTube that song and listen to it so that when we get to this spot, I says, you know what? I actually did that. And you know what didn't happen? You that. didn't listen to it, did you? <laughs> I ran out of time. But. Alas. Uh, so, so what is Joe's version of Stutter here, Brent? Well, it's featuring Mystical. So you probably are going to have to have a bit of a bit of a rhythm and a flow when you go through. But you, you're missing. We're, we haven't hit a second bullet point. But but okay. Uh, so anyway, the the, the UK they're yeah. still listening to Hole Again by Atomic Kitten. It's I know it's We've, such a great song. <clears throat> sorry, are you becoming an Atomic Kitten fanboy? <laughs> uh, no, but you know, like it was definitely a surprise when I figured out it. It's like, oh, well, this song is go. this. And yeah. Like, okay. All right, so um, when Joe is stuttering, uh, yeah. featuring Mystical, yeah. um, I don't, he, he's just stutter, it's a stutter, that, that's all I got. You literally have stutter as, the, yeah, I don't know, I, 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 I don't think that you're going to be able to tie it in, which is a challenge, yes, but also, like, you might, you could just opt to say, can't figure it out and just go through the box office. Well, That's okay. fine. Well, anyway, you know, Hannibal is number one in the box office. It's been yeah. number one for a while. And if Hannibal was chasing me, I would be scared, stupid, and stuttering. That's right? true. Um, yes. And uh, somebody, and if Hannibal was really going after me, I'd be like scared, stupid, and like jumping out, and somebody would have to grab hold of me and pull me down to earth, which is number two. Ah, yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh,. I would get so scared from Hannibal that I would try to jump like 3,000 miles into the air and someone would have to grab me because they'd pull me down to earth to Graceland. 3,000 miles to Graceland. Stretch, okay, yeah. In mm-hmm. Graceland, then there would be a, a, a chance to get away from Hannibal and relax because school's out. It's recess. School's oh out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then, then Hannibal would find me again because that's what Hannibal does because he's that's chasing right. people. 
and then I would need to be crouching like a tiger and hidden like a dragon. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Good job. Well done. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> so those are the box office for this superb. weekend. Yeah. Um, what was happening at this time? Uh, in 2001, a couple of days before mm-hmm. this, the 43rd annual Grammy Awards were going. Beautiful Day uh-huh. uh, wins. Uh, Shelby Lynn uh-huh. wins that. Uh, on the 23rd, the 32nd <laughs> annual uh, NAACP Image Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remember the Titans wins Outstanding Motion Picture. Nice mm-hmm. for that. Uh, on February 25th, this is you know like awards time. Yes, it is awards season. Yes, Uh, it's awards season. The 54th annual British Film and Television Awards, the BAFTAs, Uh Gladiator wins Best Film, and Ang Lee as Best Director. Are you not entertained? Yes. Well, as a matter of fact, no, because Gladiator wasn't all that good of a movie. It may have won Best Picture, but it still wasn't all that good of a movie. It was fine. It was fine. fine. It just was a bad year for movies. That's just what that was. If they had included uh, a a street tough that was that 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 was actually a girl with a dead cop as a parent, and of uh, 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 the main character turning into insects, it would have been the height of cinema. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm so, never ever going to stop thinking that Bane is a great show. By the way, just uh-huh. care. so so on February twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. The Taliban, mm-hmm. uh, so this is, you know, um, mm-hmm. Taliban becomes a big deal here. This is this is before 9-11 yet. The Taliban destroys two giant Buddha statues in Bamiyan, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain if I pronounced that right. but I don't uh, know either, but yeah, I do vaguely recall, or at least uh, maybe learning about it after the fact, but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there you go. There you uh, go. We do have some trivia for this episode. Mm-hmm. So... In the first scene of this episode, we see the exterior ship moving past a stationary camera. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knows anything about science fiction knows that yep. that is definitely an homage to Star Wars, because yep. that's how Star Wars begins. Mm-hmm. Also, on Varash, there is uh, one scene where the camera pans over a long dragon-like skeleton, yep. which is also reminiscent of Star Wars uh, episode four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's just what's happening at this time. Uh, Stargate is really good at uh, stealing homages like that from <laughs> other sci-fi brands uh-huh. uh, and doing a good job of making it their own, yeah, but also totally. stealing in the process. So um, in this episode, there were 13 Hatak ships that were destroyed by SG-1. Uh, I know that because the internet told me, not because I actually counted. Oh, gotcha. Right with the sun. Yeah. With the mm-hmm. sun. Mm-hmm. This brings the total number of Hatak ships destroyed by SG-1 up to 20 since Stargate Command's inception. Telling you, the biggest bane. Bane? Is he bringing it back? The oh, biggest boy. thorn in the side of the System Lords is this scrappy-doo team from the Cheyenne Mountain base. Yeah. Well, and they actually talk about that in this episode, and Jacob is not... A hundred percent down with their tactics. Yeah, no, it totally adds a neat little complex layer to it. But I'm just saying, like yep. um, my earlier criticisms of are these really the bad guys? Kind of stands just a little. Now I get it. We're changing gears. We're shifting. It's good stuff. The story's getting more complicated, but carrying on. Yep. yep. Okay. So Don S. Davis, that is to say, Major General George S. Hammond, mm-hmm. does not appear in this episode. 
Oh, yeah, he does not. You know, right. Major not appearing in this episode. Major not appearing in this <laughs> Major That's general, general to you. <laughs> that was a reference to the I know, Holy I Grail from Monty Python for I all know. of you youngins who don't know. Oh, you're I not know, you know. I know, I know. I was just helping other people. Because that's what I like to do. I try to help people, Brent. You do a good job. Okay, so this episode was nominated for a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Special Visual Effects for a series. Yeah, um, totally. I don't think they won, but they were nominated, and certainly, uh, rightly so. This visual effects—they did a good job at the gate. The... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here is now a quote from uh, Joseph Malozzi. Mm-hmm. He says, "Seriously, how often do you get a blow up a sun?" So when the opportunity comes along, you take it. And we did, taking out Apophis' fleet in the process. I loved the sequence of the gate being jettisoned, its thrusters firing as it repositions itself on its way to its fiery end. Another aspect of this episode that I recall was Rick's ad-lib of the line, we're boned without water. Uh, Originally, it was, we're screwed without water in the script. But, you know, uh, Rick does what Rick does, and he changes it to bones. And then uh, Paul Mully walks into his office and says, like, uh, can we say boned on television? And I'm like, (laughs) sure, why not? (laughs) They were still still on Showtime at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, right. I think this is the last season that they're on Showtime, and that they move Uh. to... Uh, sci-fi channel uh, for season five. I think gotcha. that's the break. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. If anybody of you know for sure if that's correct, please let me know. Or if I'm wrong, let me know that too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when they move to, he continues on, uh, you know, ultimately, Boney wouldn't be an issue until the big move to sci-fi, a network that would send us its ah, standards yes. and practices okay. overview before every season. Uh, he continues, amusingly, it would offer up a list of acceptable and unacceptable and, quote, gray area words and expressions. Uh, the relative permissibility of the latter were entirely dependent on the context in which they were used. Uh, for instance, jerk off was unacceptable <laughs> unless, say, as Paul suggested, we used it in a line like, somebody pushed that jerk off that ledge. Yeah, but it's all about the time. I suppose it's all about the cadence, too. Yeah. Somebody pushed that jerk off. The ledge. <laughs> he continues. Paul and I dedicated an entire afternoon to creating just the right dialogue context for a host of otherwise improper terms. Uh-huh. Oh, Time boy. well spent, he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> it, it's, it's nice to know that that the producers of some of our favorite shows are just as human and as nerdy as the rest of us i wouldn't necessarily call, have that to be the exclusive domain of nerddom however well, yes, okay. i get it geeky you know wh- whatever it is they're they're, the they're just looking like for we is are. dirty <laughs> dirty <laughs> well. brent we are already we're dangerously close to our precipice. <laughs> hey, but I didn't cross it. Well, Those are know, gray yeah, area but, words, know, if Zach. If you slip just a little bit, you will fall off that ledge. I sure will, but, but okay. So, friends, you all don't know this about me until I'm about to tell you. Zach, you sure do know how much I enjoy getting really close to... It's, it's all about the artful wordplay. 
Yeah, honestly, that's true. More often than not, yep. I'm the one that will fling myself off of that ledge. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> what 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 I rarely do is look for the uh, giant padding at the bottom of that cliff and then land on my face. Which yeah, no, we got your you know. back. We 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 like no, Zach, come on. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. in any case. Yeah. Uh, when we look at this episode, it's titled Exodus in English and in French, Italian, Spanish, Czech, and Hungary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hungarian, it's also Exodus. There you go. There you go. Exodus. It doesn't, it, it, my, my, my notes did not say what they called this in German, so I have no idea. Tilk is captured. Probably. <laughs> the death of Tilk. Destroying half the fleet. <laughs> but not Apophis. <laughs> Apophis survives again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, shall we dig into the synopsis for this episode? (laughs) Yes, please. Let's do it. Previously on Walking Through the Stargate, Brent and Zach get pummeled by a global pandemic and an inland hurricane. Uh, Wait, Wait, that's us. That's that's not the show. Previously on Stargate, lots of stuff happens. Tilk mm-hmm. gets a new enemy who killed his lover and lives with the Tokra. Other stuff. Other stuff. <laughs> Other stuff. SG-1 kills Cronus and steals his shiny Hatak vessel. Okay, now you're caught up. <laughs> a ghoul-wooled Hatak appears in orbit over the planet Vorash. You know, the home of the Tokra's hidden rebel base. Tanith is surprised and wonders why they haven't started evacuating, and is surprised even further when SG-1 rings down from the vessel with Jacob Carter. Uh, we're not parked in a red zone, are we? Colonel O'Neill and Tilk attend a Toker High Council meeting. At this meeting, the Toker reveal to Tanith that they know all about his duplicitous behavior. They've had his number from the very beginning, and they've been using him to send disinformation to Apophis. Ha! He's been a tool. They arrest Teal'c's nemesis. Later, Teal'c visits Tanith in his cell to tell the traitor what the council's verdict is. He will be extracted from the human Hebron and left on Vorash after they depart. Tanith tries to goad Teal'c into killing him, but Teal'c restrains himself, taking pleasure in knowing that the extraction process is quite painful for the Gua'uld. <laughs> Hammond loaned the ship, the Hatak vessel that they stole from Cronus, along with SG-1, to the Tok'ra so that they could use it to move their Stargate to a new planet previously off the grid so that they can more safely hide from the System Lords. Woohoo! As Teal'c and the High Council is dealing with Tanith, the rest of the Tok'ra are systematically moving equipment and personnel to the ship. On the ship, Jacob and Jack uh, talk about this as a particularly dangerous ship, and that the SGC just ought to give it to the Tok'ra. Jack refuses. Jack complains that the Tok'ra haven't been doing enough to stop the Gua'uld. Jacob acknowledges that they have a long-term plan, and notes that the SGC's approach of pretty much killing any system lord they come into contact with hasn't worked all that well, given that each time an even more powerful Gua'uld, more power-hungry, more destructive Gua'uld has risen to take the place in the vacuum. This reckless behavior threatens the Toker's ability to, to defeat the Gua'uld once and for all! You're screwing up everything, Jack! <laughs> At least I'm doing something. <laughs> 
In his cell, Tanith talks with a guard and threatens to kill his host if he is to die anyway. Tanith collapses and spasms. When the guards enter the cell, one checks Tanith, looks at his colleagues, and says, He's dead, Jim. Uh, Wait, but Jim? Of, well, okay, not Jim. <laughs> just, just, I know. I just, He's dead, man. Toker number two. <laughs> Toker number two. The one who was just going to be an extra in the background? Lucky you, you got a line? Oh, no, I'm dying. Oh, but... Of course, Tilt's nemesis can't die like this. Oops, sorry. He spoiler. reaches his hand up and chokes out the guard. Tanith has escaped. He returns to the surface and uses a long-range visual communication device to contact Apophis. Tilk is really ticked off that Tanith escaped. He personally searches the surface, looking for the fugitive and the Toker assist. Meanwhile, Sam, Jacob, Daniel, and Jack gather for a meeting. Sam and Jacob inform the other two that Apophis is coming. But they have a plan. A crazy, wild, are you serious kind of plan. They want to use the Stargate to blow up the sun when Apophis' fleet arrives in the system. I hear the first one's always the hardest. (laughs) They use their Stargate to connect to the Stargate with the black hole, you know, from the episode A Matter of Time. Then they'll chuck the Stargate into the sun. The black hole will suck some of the stellar matter from the sun, and the instability will lead to a really big boom. Jack, it's your ship. It's your decision. I'm thinking. You wanted a more aggressive plan. I'm thinking. You wanted to be bold. I'm thinking. Okay, let's do it. Later, Daniel talks with Teal'c about his obsession with Tanith. Twice, Teal'c had the opportunity to kill Tanith, Twice, Tilk let Tanith go. But your restraint was for a greater purpose, says Daniel. This doesn't work for Tilk. He concludes the conversation by simply stating that in the future he will not be capable of such restraint. After the Toker are all evacuated, SG-1 and Jacob fly to the sun. They connect the Stargate to the Black Hole Gate. Everything is working as planned. They send the gate toward the sun. Time to wait. Suddenly, the Hatak is attacked by a small ship. It is an Alkesh, a Gubuld mid-range bomber that has the ability to cloak. Tilk fires back and damages the aggressor, but not before the Alkesh damages the main power and the hyperdrive of the Hatak. Oh no! Jack and Tilk decide that they should take one of the gliders from the Hatak and pursue the Alkesh, and so they do that. The Alkesh makes its way to the planet to pick up the traitor Tanith. Ooh, Tilk can't have any of this, and he chases the Alkesh. Jack is kind of worried about this whole Jaffa revenge thing. The future is now! On the attack, Jacob and Sam start to repair the ship's systems. At the planet, Tilk and Jack are able to destroy the Alkesh, much to Tanith's shock, who was waiting for it on the planet, but they are caught in the explosion, and Jack can only send an emergency call to the Hatak. Mayday, mayday, we are so going in! Jack and Teal'c are fortunately unharmed despite their crash landing. Their plan, to find the Tok'ra base so that they can contact the rest of the team on the Hatak and Tanith. You know, Teal'c is all about finding Tanith and killing him with his bare hands, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's a Jaffa <laughs> revenge thing. <laughs> Apophis' vessel arrives in the system along with a huge fleet. Fortunately, Jacob and Sam are able to repair their ship enough to effectively hide from Apophis' fleet uh, as they seek an opportunity to go and save their friends. Apophis sends two Jaffa to the planet to pick up Tanith. Jack and Teal'c eventually find the rings to the Toker base, but they are ambushed by those two Jaffa and Tanith. Teal'c takes a shot in the back. Ah! 
Jack oh, no. thinks he's been killed, but is unable to make it. But is able to make it to a relative safe position behind a sand dune, you know, because sand and you know safe. And he returns yeah. fire, killing the two Jafak. <laughs> you know, he gets hit with his hat, then he's fine. Uh, he's okay. Somehow. He shoots Tanith in the shoulder just as Tanith rings up the body of Teal'c and himself to Apophis's ship. Oh no! Bum, On board bum, Apophis's bum. mothership, Tanith meets the System Lord and offers him a gift. He wasn't able to give him the Tok'ra, but he does have the body of the Sholva, the traitor, the Teal'c. Apophis appears pleased with Tanith's work. On the Hatak, Jacob launches all of their gliders, each pre-programmed to flee the system and entice Apophis' fleet away from the planet enough, just enough, that they can get to the planet and rescue Jack and Teal'c. The plan works, and Jack is ringed aboard. He is asked where Teal'c is. He was shot. I think he's dead. He's dead, Sam. He's dead. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know yet. Well, Apophis' fleet realizes the subterfuge and turns back to the planet, but it is too late. The sun explodes, and the shockwave begins consuming the system and the fleet. One by one, Hatak's vessels are destroyed. SG-1 jumps into hyperspace, escaping the exploding system. But when they exit hyperspace, something is wrong. They're way off course. Somehow they traveled in seconds to an entirely different galaxy. It'll take them 125 years at maximum speed to return home. I've seen this but show. But before they can fully come to grips with this new problem, Apophis' mothership exits hyperspace 2 right next to him. Their <gasps> troubles just went from bad to worse. Oh no! The end. The end? I was promised a continuation. Okay, all right, to be continued. <gasps> so, Brent. Yeah. Exodus. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? This one was fun, wasn't it? This one was a lot of fun. There's definitely some parts in the middle that are like, I roll. Okay, I'm going to ignore this part a little bit. Also, I think you mentioned when we first saw the Zat guns forever ago that their use kind of gets a little bit muddy here. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about it. Because one shot stuns, two shots kills, Three shots makes the body disappear completely. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. And and it seems like the Zat guns have been getting significantly weaker <laughs> as the seasons <laughs> have progressed. Um, but still, okay. Well, no. So just, just know at this point in time and for all time moving forward, A, they have gotten rid of the third shot, shot disintegrates thing. So okay. that, yes. that has disappeared. Yes. Um, like the body. Like the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Zat guns... Uh, stun at the power of plot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Um, and, and in so, that scene with Jack, he was uh, he was he was just pumped on his own hero, his own heroism, and a single zap well, shot know, couldn't he, take he him. He made down. his fortitude save. He did make his fortitude save. That's he right. Made he made his fortitude damage. save. Uh huh. Yep. So. Makes sense. He only yep. got half stunned. Well, you know, of course, you know, he's been stunned enough times now that, that he's mm-hmm. gotten used to it. You know, he's developed an immunity to the Iocane powder. I mean, yes. Zat gun blasts. Yeah, Zat gun blasts. He's, he's resistant to Zats. Yes. Yeah. He's Zat yeah. resistant. Yeah, he gets a plus one to that Zat resist. Yeah, Ooh, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Makes so, perfect sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then the other moment where I'm just like, oh, come on, whatever. It was super central to the plot of the episode that we're going to be able to suck out enough stellar matter in so short a time as to render 
the uh, the, ind- the 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 delicate balance between matter and uh, nuclear force that's happening inside the, the belly of a star as to render it unstable and send it into an artificial supernova. Um, recall that though a gate looks big to us. <laughs> It's actually very small compared to a sun, but um, whatever. It's fine. Well, it's fine. So, right. so recognizing the well, that's one of the things that they struggled with is, is like what kind of time frame are they looking at with all of this? And they had to kind of play that up for for plot points and, and sure, just, you know, episode. But at least the the physics is sufficiently sound that if you are able to destabilize it. In such a matter, by removing enough, and yes. such in a quickly, you know, you, you, yes, it can work that way. It can work that way, but whatever. All right, fine, 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 fine. It did though make me start thinking about what the gravitational force rules would be when when opening up um, a Stargate, um, because by definition, this episode demands that the gravitational pull of the source on the other side of the gate can exert influence on the space on our side of the gate. Um, well, we saw that in previous episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doubting that. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging that. Wait a minute, we have never so far put that into our understanding of like what's going to happen when we open this gate on that world over there, right? Like it's working out because this is a television show, and duh. But I'm just saying, it's just, just it was just like an interesting theoretical physics problem. Whatever. I'm nerd. Anyway, yeah, it's fine. Um. Story, I I really did like, I really honestly, I did like that uh, important but relatively swift moment, um, you know, mid-episode mid when, um, oh my gosh, Jacob, my goodness, you would think I'd remember his name by now, um, when Jacob was talking with Jack about how, uh, you know, the, the actions of the SGC is actually inhibiting um, a successful uh, resistance against system lords. Yeah. Uh, putting yeah. the Tok'ra continually more on the back foot, um, you know, continually destabilizing the situation so that it allows the most powerful to get even more powerful as opposed to keeping everybody in check. Um, you know, it was a very sensible line. It, uh, it is, it, it echoes, um, uh, you know, in that vein that we're always talking about how star, uh, sorry, that uh, science fiction echoes the realities that we're in right now without necessarily talking about it so explicitly. It is it is hearkening to the worries of global destabilization that is happening when you meddle with affairs of foreign states. Uh, your intentions might be great, but you end up creating problems that you didn't anticipate and la la la. You know, so it's it's all kind of all it's right there and makes perfect sense. And it also kind of ups the ante with um the bad guy situation within the series itself um mm-hmm. the ghoul wold i i have just delighted in ripping on the ghoul wold as um really unimpressive bad guys uh that they are only daunting because they have such advanced <laughs> technologies but their tactics and situational awareness are in the tubes man um and you know and i still stand by the rip that uh that you know apophis is the bad guy. like the, he's he's he was continually thwarted Ooh, sorry pivoting but right on apophis he's getting kind of cool zach yeah like like i still am I, I stand by my uh, assessment of uh, he is super duper powerful and getting cool by uh, definition of being now the most powerful system lord. 
but also Peter Williams and the series. I mean, they're starting to kind of take him less into that Egyptian god mode and more into just a like a pretty convincing, menacing bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you and I were talking briefly before we started recording about how Apophis in this. I'm going to steal your line. Apophis in this episode is super cool. Like. Uh, and I don't mean like I do mean like super cool as in like cool, but I mean like also cute, cool as a cucumber. Nothing is surprising him. Like, like things are developing. And he's just like, hmm. Yep, we're gonna do this now. Hmm. Uh, didn't I saw that coming, but didn't see it coming. And we're gonna do that now. And you know, like he's yeah. just kind of has this yep. aura of like, you know, he doesn't care. Um, and it fits. Uh, you know, it fits that cocky swagger. It fits that. Uh, you know, he's willing to win by attrition. And that means sometimes you end up losing 20 Hatak ships. Like, well, uh, and of course, the last time we saw him was in that minefield. And he, yeah. uh, when he was taking out uh, Harrower, I think. Um, and or when Harrower was and getting taken out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he let, you know, at least 13 or 14 ships blow up to protect yeah. his mothership from those so he's perfectly willing to throw away anybody's life absolutely. to protect himself absolutely absolutely but the, but they're also like i was enjoying seeing peter williams on screen and now i'm like really enjoying seeing peter williams on screen i still think that apophis yeah. is stupid nah he's getting less stupid but again it's by definition but on the other hand i'm like willing to let it go like th- they're finding they're finding a way to make this bad guy seem a bit more like authentic and so uh it's coming as a joy um and then and then we get knocked into another galaxy like what was was it another galaxy whatever yeah Yeah. super far away super duper far away it's gonna take 125 years to get back i wonder if they're gonna run into the borg along the way do you think they might uh uh, it's entirely possible yeah i think so might have adventures uh from here to there like uh you know you know, know. Well, that that could be the entire rest of the series. I, I, is them I, trying it, to get home. It's been done. It's well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it was being done by Stargate, Star Trek, at this exact time. at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I I will say only this: that while Stargate is certainly willing to steal ideas and general concepts from other sci-fi series, they don't just simply rip off. In I'm quite such blatant quality. I am 100% certain at the end of season five, episode one, we are going to be right back in Stargate Command. I'm willing to put a bunch of beverages on it because I like doing beer bets. That's my favorite. But um, I mean, I could I, I could be wrong. I could lose that bet. But um, I don't think that we're about to spend the next few seasons trying to get back home. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we will. Oh, no. Because it is Stargate SG-1, not Stargate SGC. Yeah, but then we wouldn't be able to see radar all that often, and so that can't be true. Okay. Anyway, um, but point is, like, you know, it's ending on the cliffhanger. I, it, it's it's all right. I'm 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 kind of hoping there's a piece of me, a big piece of me, that's hoping that uh, next episode uh, we see. Um, I know I don't know why would we develop like this? I don't know. A while ago I was kind of wanting to see Oh, I remember why. I was wanting to see um Apophis and the SGC and the SG1 team specifically. Although they never would because they got the Shulva on their side. Team up against a superior bad guy that was making the Asgard squeamish, right? Like we have those little robot dudes still out there and they were like the 
big deal at the beginning of this season. And then I kind of stopped seeing them for a while. And um, back then I was complaining that these are the bad guys that we're worried about. And we, you and me, we had a lot of conversation about this one, about how like I was bagging on it because it wasn't, it wasn't menacing enough. And you're advocating that in fact, it actually is a pretty good bad guy because there is no reasoning with those bugs and etc. So, you know, I had kind of vocalized, maybe there's an opportunity for like all the bad guys to rally together in an unlikely team to face off against this much more bad guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are we going to see that moment where we're so far from home and the only way we can actually get back is if we cooperate. So we have to cooperate with Apophis and it actually feels genuine. Doubt it. Because um, it's pretty evident that Apophis really, 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 really cares to see Teal'c suffer um he has vocalized it more than a couple of times or a few times that he's totally willing (laughs) to say that the capture of this one traitor is equivalent maybe not equal to but equivalent of the destruction of the entire tokra like he's like he's like i wasn't able to get you the tokra but i got you teal and apophis is like sweet that's a sweet deal right there i like it so yeah so i don't yep. think that apophis is actually going to team up with the sg1 team but you know what else is going to happen right they're out gone they're out banned they're in the middle of nowhere well you know i'm gonna have to wait we'll have to wait a month to find out what i happens know with them. So yeah, I had a good time with this one. What about you? How'd you what do you think about it? Oh, so I enjoy this one. It, it's not a perfect episode, but it mm-hmm. is a great season finale. Um, you know, there there are times. Frankly, the the whole um, issue with uh, the the gravitational pull pulling and destabilizing the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm perfectly willing uh, to go along with that, and because that's the plot, and it seems right. scientifically plausible enough sure. that that I I'm. I'm I'm cool with that. Um, they they also play very fast and loose with uh, distances and times. Um, oh yeah, they do. So you know, like <laughs> I'm at the sun. I'm at the planet. I'm at the sun. I'm behind the sun. I'm on the other side of the planet. <laughs> so you know, so there are all of these things that they're they're really fast and loose about this thing, um, and and I'm okay to just skip that and just uh, you know let's fast forward to where things are interesting again. Um, because, you know, waiting for three or four days to get from one place to another right. place, uh, right. just, you know, whatever it is, uh, that just, uh, is not, not exciting television. Nope. Um, the, the part that I roll my eyes at the most is just the absolute and utter ineptitude of dealing with Tanith. Um, uh, oh, when he tries yeah. To suicide. Yeah. Um, that's, that's true. That's spot where, okay, I get it. Tokra, you're the good guys, and, uh, you know, you're not certain what, we can't let him just kill the host. Absolutely. So what are you going to do? You're going to have two of your guys just stand out in the hall while one of them checks for a pulse? Eh. I mean, surely there is a better way of dealing with that situation that that recognizes the the danger of this. And, you know, he's like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to take the, the, the host with me. Ha-ha! <laughs> but also, you know, I mean, like, like, the guy standing outside the hallway was, he had his Zat gun drawn. Yeah. You, you, like, whatever. Yeah, so I'm right. the first thing yes. you do in that situation, as soon as you see him go, you let go of that, and you zat him. Now yeah. he's stunned. Whatever he's doing, he's stopping it. Yes. Uh, 
then you deal with whatever's next. Um, you know, but you know, I also I, I acknowledge that that uh, plot point needs you know he needs to get freed uh, for the story to continue. It does seem like you might be able to conjure some other thing, you know, like it just, that one just felt, that one just felt weak sauce. Yeah. But anyway, it, it didn't really derail the story too much. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm carrying on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I, I really appreciated the, the, uh, development of Teal'c's character, um, we, we get in there and we just learn, you know, this whole Jaffa revenge thing, this, mm-hmm. this obsession with Tanith, which was set up, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, you know, episodes yeah. ago. So, right. you know, in the first five or six episodes when we first meet Tanith, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, heck, we had Anise back then, um, you know, yeah. when was yeah, the last time right. we saw her? A while ago. Two episodes way, way back at the beginning. Um, and we haven't really done anything back with that. So, you know, it was good to see that come back. And, and just to see uh, his obsession there, I'm still not really buying the whole Shanok and Teal'c love each other so much and such, but that was from other episodes, and so now it's about how much he hates Tanith. So yeah. I'll get behind that, because I, I actually buy that. Um, and, and so, you know, to see him, you know, he, he mentions a couple of times that, uh, hey, you know, you had great restraint on this and this for good purpose, and he's like... I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to. Uh, and he doesn't. Right. He risks everything. Uh, he, you know, he threatens to blow up himself and his best friend uh, for yeah. this revenge thing. Yeah. Uh, you can argue whether this is a good or a bad thing. Uh, it's probably a bad thing. Um, but regardless, that's that's Teal'c, and that's part of who Teal'c is. And uh, I appreciate that, and I like that element of thing. Um, I, I love the the discussions that Jacob and Jack have throughout this episode uh, from the very beginning when they're talking about uh, being bolder. Wait, you're being too bold, you know, uh, to, um, you know, you should give us the ship. You remember last time you had a old ship and that didn't go off so well, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and all of these things. So that, that interplay just really works well um, and tells the story. Uh, this is an episode that just kind of has a nice slow burn to it. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. get, you know, I'm talking about talking blowing up a sun. It's just a nice slow burn here. <laughs> that was a, that was a good pun. I liked it. Um, uh, I didn't intend to. It just kind of popped into my head. So, uh, <laughs> well, but, it blew you know, up. Just, but it blew up. You know, so <laughs> like, the the episode. You know, it's not so action packed that it just flies and just just is hundred miles an right. hour. Right. Um, but it just sits there at this it, this pace, and it actually manages to hold uh, a level of intensity through the whole thing, which is a challenge for for any art form to do, uh, and for television included. Um, so it just kind of holds that tension for those 45 minutes throughout the whole thing. Um, it certainly has a lot of television tropes, a lot of sci-fi tropes, um, but uh, they're done in ways that feel uh, organic, so it's not like they're they're uh, shoehorned into the story. Uh, right. They fit the story, so that that I appreciate a lot. Uh, and it's a fun story. It has a great way to end the season. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're lost, and oh my gosh, the big bad guy we know is happy to kill us. 
uh, is now right there, and we have a big ship, but his ship is way, way it's bigger. Way bigger. And, you know, so early, early in the series, probably for a multitude of reasons like um, the lighting quality of the set, I don't know, I couldn't really... Uh, tell that the attack ships were they just look like pyramids in space when i was watching it as opposed to these kind of relatively cool looking ships um and the attack ships i've been able to kind of see with a bit more definition probably because the the cgi has gotten a little bit better and of course apophis's attack ship is just it's it, it's a cool looking ship man like this thing is feeling um this is feeling like a spy, a science fiction show in space, in space, and you know it has been ge- it has been gearing that way. You know, I've said this a couple yeah. of times. Like, this is really feeling like a sci fi show in space, but you know, like it's doing these things now where it's like, yes, I want to see this gigantic spaceship and have it be menacing, and oh my goodness, it's gonna kill us all. So that's fun. That's good stuff. Um, oh, I um. This is not a nice segue, but whatever. I wanted to at least kind of mention. You were mentioning that the pace was, uh, it was a good pace. It kind of held that tension the whole time. And I was realizing it pretty much exactly when I saw it. Um, it does it because of that, um, of the Stargate MacGuffin. It's the uh, successful connection to the black hole on the other side, the successful release of the gate, and off it goes. And... Mm-hmm. Um, like that whole thing went off without a hitch, and I thought that was going to be the I thought that was going to be the the episode that 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 would not go off without a hitch. It would create problems, and blah blah blah. But since it goes off without a hitch and off it goes, then now there's now there's a now there's a time now there's a time crunch on it. Which you know, great. How many episodes have we seen when there's a time crunch on it? We've seen dozens and dozens of it, but it just it just was always there. It was like. Now that this problem has, ar- has, has has arisen, how much time is that going to take off the clock? Now that this is happening, how much time is this going to take off the clock? And so every single one of these problems that arise, um, it's uh, it's 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 matching up against the uncaring march of time. As yeah. Yeah. you know, your 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 plan is 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 working. It's working great, and you know, off it went, and it's gonna it, it, that sun is gonna blow up at this point. That is when it's gonna blow up, and every single one of these distractions is risking <laughs> like you're getting closer to getting blown up. And so, like it was, it, it just worked. It was it was just a good way to do it. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I I don't know if I have any more to say. Um. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about just briefly. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier something about when you were talking about uh, Jack and Jacob talking, um, and and the instability of this is that uh, you know I mean we <clears throat> we uh, this episode happens in February of two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, the marquee event of two thousand one, uh, at least from a United States perspective, is September eleven, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, skyrocketed us into the longest war in United States history mm-hmm. uh, with Afghanistan and the Taliban and such. Um, and and here, I, I remember saying it at the time, and I still say it now, is that, you know, uh, um, President Bush at that point in time was saying, this is a whole different war. This is a war on terrorism. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he did was attack the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And it's just that 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 sense that uh, the way to deal with situations like this um, 
if this is a whole different way of doing things, uh, hitting it with a hammer might not be the best first attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you kind of get that interplay between Selmak, uh, mm-hmm. Jacob, and and Jack with uh, the Tokra saying, you know, just because you can hit somebody with a hammer doesn't mean it's actually the best course of action, and it may make things worse. Um, and I don't think this is trying to be prophetic by any stretch of the imagination, but there is some prophetic quality to that in that uh, we saw that play out in American uh, foreign policy um, because we decided to hit something with a hammer and it didn't play out well. Uh, it's still not playing out well because uh, we're still stuck there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, now you're getting a little bit of my own politics coming out, and I apologize yeah. for that. And you know, and I'll and I'll and I'll pre-apologize by kind of you know taking it up just a notch. Like uh, you're right, uh, and uh, the the uh, that situation and how it developed uh, was a a, a very um, poignant. Uh, situation of a philosophy that had been our foreign policy for quite a while that um you know indeed the 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 meddling in foreign affairs goes back decades and decades um and that uh you know in in so many examples you can draw a nice clear bright line between uh, meddling and instability and um uh you know, one can make a ver- pretty cogent argument that that instability was the actual goal. Um, and so it was brought up in this episode not to say that the instability is the actual goal. Um, it's brought up to say the instability is an unintended consequence. You are trying to make your enemy weaker. And as a matter of fact, you're making them stronger. Um, but that has that has I mean, we can I, there's there's dozens of historical 20th. There's dozens of 20th century historical examples of that happening. Right. Um, and so but there you go. I mean, like, well, I, I, I really don't want to jump on the policy. The, the, but the, then you also get the other side of things is that, uh, you know, um, you know, on, on if you look at the Tokra's plan here. Mm-hmm. Is they have been for thousands of years. Yes, I mean, Jake uh, Jack says two thousand years, but clearly the Toker have been around for a lot longer than two thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's actually been closer to ten thousand years mm-hmm. that they've been around doing this stuff. Um, but in that time, very very little has changed, and so you know they they have actually reached uh, an equilibrium. Uh, you know, a points of homeostasis mm-hmm. with with uh, the Gua'uld in charge. Um, and, you know, one of the things is that, you know, even though an equilibrium is a comfortable place to be, uh, nothing changes in an equilibrium. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable, but nothing changes. And the only way for things to change, if things are bad in an equilibrium, it is going to stay bad until something changes. Mm-hmm. And so here you have SG-1... Uh, jumping into the fray in this uh, galactic uh, political milieu and really upsetting the fruit basket, really changing things up, really making things chaotic, really turning things around. Things are changing left and right. And right now in the early process of this, it looks even worse 
than it did before in the period of equilibrium. And yet, the only way to get to a healthier place, the only way to get to a place where the relationships and uh, communities are, are interacting healthily uh, is to go through that process of chaos and, and uh, destruction and, mm-hmm. and instability. Uh, because what you had before, it may have been safe and calm and simple, and yet it was in equilibrium and it was bad and it was going to stay that way. It wasn't going to change until something major happened. And yep. so here we have SG-1 digging in there. Being the catalyst. Saying, yeah. Being a catalyst. Something major is happening and it's going to be chaotic. Um, we can only hope at this point in time that when uh, the reaction uh, settles down and a new equilibrium is eventually developed and set up, that it is something that is uh, a healthier place overall mm-hmm. than what it is now. Uh, but that's the future, and we don't know that yet. Yep. Um, you know, I sure don't. So we'll see. What was that? Yep. I sure don't. I sure don't know yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm excited to find so, out. Well, you know, I know how this story comes to an end, but I don't know how the human story, Our story? in the 20th yeah. century, 21st century comes uh, develops in this, so only time will tell. Only time will uh, tell whether right. uh, these decisions on foreign policy turned out to be massive blunders or fortuitous successes. So, quite, quite, quite the weighty. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, I think I'm finished talking about this episode. Do you have anything else? I'm done too. I think that's uh, yeah. I think okay. I said everything I need to say. Well, then uh, you said you liked this episode. I said I yep. liked this episode. And yep. it is now time to quantify that liking mm-hmm. in a Chevron rating. Uh-huh. So what is yours? I, the, 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 the eye rolly parts were not that bad. Um, it certainly, this, the story definitely kept up its pace and it certainly ended with a nice, it, it, we're, we're in a satisfying quandary right now. And so I had a lot of fun with this one. I, I really think I liked it quite a bit. Um, I, this is going to be a six out of seven for me. Uh, just good fun television and um, satisfying story. And here we are in a spot where I don't know what's going to happen next. And I'm excited to find out. It's good yeah. stuff. Good. Um, for all of those reasons, um, I agree. I think that this is it's a solid story. There are a couple of places where... Uh, it's a little bit weak sauce, mm-hmm. um, but they don't derail the rest of the story. Um, and you just kind of look past and you just keep going forward. Uh, so it's not a seven. It's not a perfect seven because there's a couple of weak spots in there. Uh, but it's a great story. And I, too, am going to give this six out of seven Chevron. Nice. Good score. All right. Good score. So um, yesterday, our good friend David... Uh, texted us and reminded specifically me that I said that I was going to try to be better about posting uh, our uh, the 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 we're recording this and send your predictions thing in earlier than like on the day of recording and yes so with that reminder I actually did post this on Facebook last (laughs) night (laughs) nice Uh, good (laughs) and uh, so we got some responses um we have uh, one from Justin here. Hi, Justin. He says, this is why we can't have nice things. Why? The Tok'ra, in their infinite mystery of their wisdom, despite their complete knowledge of what 
T for trader is doing, do not immediately carry out the extraction process. Maybe they needed to uh, yeah. round up enough apostrophes to get the device working. <laughs> How many do we have? Malakna. Well, Ternaktelimanakst. I think we need at least seven more apostrophes before we can get this device ah. working. Oh, I got yep. five of them. <laughs> um, he says, we wouldn't have had an episode, but instead we have the pilot for Stargate Voyager. Yep. Yep. Lost and now for something completely away. different. 5% light speed. Uh, so what was that? Like... There was, there was, yeah, there was like some weird little reference to like, you know, like, cause that's what it was, right? It was like the, the Hatak ship or like, you know, we can get to there in like 5% light speed and like, that's how like, well, they were going to like go 5% light speed to get to the, the, the sun to chuck the thing in there and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Justin says, Brentek finds the right room (laughs) for an argument because that's not how space works. And gives it five chevrons. <laughs> it was close. That, yeah, I did go down that route. <laughs> uh, Zach Brent Podtel enjoys the crunchy frog and gives it five and a half. <laughs> crunchy frog. Oh my gosh. That's oh, good okay. stuff. Thanks, Justin. Yep. Oh. All right. We have Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Kimberly says, Zach, five and a half out of seven chevrons for continuity and for Sam blowing up a sun. Mm-hmm. Brent, four out of seven chevrons. Oh, I predict the Apophis factor will bring down his rating. Ah! I expect another Apophis <laughs> rant, and I hope he really gets going on it. I think we, I, he had a bagel for breakfast. <laughs> I did have a bagel for breakfast, as a matter of fact. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm complicating the Apophis factor because, like I mentioned, they like, like, it's still dumb. I think it's still dumb how he got there, but now that he's here, it's like one of those things go. of like, well, now that you're here, might as well eat. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's kind of what I said about <laughs> Tanith. I thought the whole yeah. process of getting Tanith was kind of dumb. But yep. now that Tanith is here, um, he's he's actually a good foil for Teal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, um, the guy that plays him is really and good. And Jacqueline says... Hi, Jacqueline. I think it'll be a five Chevron rating from both of you this week. Smiley face. Smiley face. (laughs) Well, uh, apparently y'all don't think we'll like it quite as much as we liked it. I liked it. Yeah. So, but that's okay. Uh, We do have a couple of emails here. Yes. I got to pull them up here. To do. Caleb says. Hi, Caleb. Exodus was an okay episode. It was nice to see Teal'c name off the system lords that SG-1 has taken That was so fun. Far, yes. I was literally counting on my hands. some skill shooting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which, <laughs> at that distance, without using the sight and having literally every shot hit the Jaffa was impressive. It was. He's a hero. He keeps saying this. You know, sometimes you just roll a natural 20 on the die. He's a hero. He can Along do with blowing can. up the sun and Tilk being captured, it was a great way to end the season with a cliffhanger. My predictions mm-hmm. are five and five for each of us. Yep. Close. Close. There we go. And now we have uh, David. Hi, David. Chevron encoding to be continued. To be continued. This is a very good episode, David says, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's incomplete because it's a cliffhanger to lead you into Both. next season. 
Yes. You know, the questions that left, you know the questions that left, so I won't repeat them. Great right. stuff, though, particularly the blow up a star to defeat your enemies. And mm -hmm. it mostly <laughs> works, except for Apophis and his biggest ship ever. Uh, <laughs> however, to really appreciate this episode, you have to watch it as part of a multi-episode story arc. Realistically, this is part of a three or maybe even four-part story, possibly more if you want to include all of the Apophis stuff that's been building this season. Yeah, yeah. The worst part of this episode, though, is that it is a cliffhanger, and when it originally aired, you had to wait months to see how it works out. Yep. I've already seen it, though, and let me tell you when the... and the... and, and how the... Uh, that was amazing, and... great stuff! <laughs> oh, gosh! Uh, David! Now, mm. to be fair, uh, I, I love David. He He's actually providing, like, spaces in there for those things so, so that's I, not me uh censoring him that's that's david censoring that's himself. himself yeah well that's that's kind uh, of him Zach, but still i know Jeez. you have to edit my comments sometimes so i edited myself this time <laughs> 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 thank you david excellent uh, thanks Brent, david we'll give it five yes. chevrons because we want oh, to blow it up <laughs> was really good and when yes. they did it it was even better but mm -hmm. they really stretched it out, and I think maybe he does not like cliffhangers. Maybe? Uh, Depends. He says, Zach, uh, five and a half chevrons, because blank, nice. and blank left him, blank, but he knows that blank will blank. Did he provide the blanks, or did he actually? He did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. I bet you, do you know what, do you think you know what he's talking about? Um, you know, I, I would probably, ha I think the answer is yes. But I'd have to actually like read through it again carefully. Sure. Well, and kind of process yeah. that. What I'm really um, kind of driving at is that uh, if 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 uh, if I had given you two two pieces of paper with those sentences with the things blanked out and pencils, and you wrote down the words that you think go in that sentence, like what do you think the odds are that you would have written down the same words? Um, I think it's fairly likely that we'll get something close. Yeah. Right. That's that's or my that's my supposition least, as well. Uh, or at the very least, uh, if I write something and, and David writes something different, then we'd look at each other and it's like, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> right. I forgot about that part. <sighs> um, nice. He says, P.S. Part one was the end of Double Jeopardy. Part two is this one. Part three is the season five premiere. And part four is the episode after that where they have to blank with blank. <laughs> I don't know what that they have to get back to the future. Is that it? Uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll just have to wait until then. And you get to wait until October to find out, Brent. That's actually not that far away, Zach. That is true. Yeah. That is true. It's not that far. Um, I mean, it is, it, is a, it is a goodly bit away, but, you know, not that yeah. far. So uh, those are our predictions. Thank you, everybody. Those, this is so much fun. So much fun. Um, so thank you very much for that. The next episode... Uh, yes. is something that we will wait until the uh, episode, the, the season four recap to look at. Ah, so, yes. Okay. Uh, okay. That makes sense. You uh, will have yeah. to wait on that, Brent, uh -huh. and we'll talk more about that at the end of our recap. So look for that in the middle of September or so. Yep. Um, uh, tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us what yeah. you think about season four. Um, you know, pay attention to what's happening. We'll tease some things out. And uh, if there's more things coming 
uh, our way, you can do X's and Y's, and we'll figure out what those are later. Um, but keep your thinking hats on and yep. you know your creative juices flowing, and we'll get yep. back to you on what all of this is coming. And you probably didn't understand anything I said because that's okay. I barely did. So it's all right. It's been it's been a tough couple of weeks. It has been. Uh, so let us know what you think. You can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. And, of course, on Facebook at the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and Facebook group. Yep. Uh, and with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.